Aftershark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Mm, let's get ready to podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsor who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com. And paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com. And hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website. Sign up. Take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com
right. How's everybody doing this weekend? We're back with the Mark the Shark MMA show. And today we got Zane on the line. How you doing today, Zane? I'm good, Mark. How you doing? All right. All right. So today we're going to be going over uh, last week's fights with uh, Overeem. Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Volkov, yep. They had some pretty good fights on last weekend. We had a good time watching it. <laughs> I, I did. I was uh, going to put my glasses on here while I'm uh, opening up some stuff. But, yes, I, I thought it was interesting. I really thought that Overeem was going to give a better. Uh, yeah. Well, let's start with the, the first fight. Like, I, I missed I missed most of it. But because uh, I, I, I signed up too late, I was I think I was too busy watching Cobra Kai and Netflix. <laughs> My kids just love that show. They're getting into it. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it for the guys watching or listening to this uh, podcast. But yeah, it was uh, the one fight that like I caught in towards the end of it was uh, Benil Darouche versus Diego Fiera and. It was really top-notch jiu-jitsu going on on there. I mean, I, I was pretty impressed what I what I caught. Uh, I think I caught the last last two rounds or the last round of the three-round fight. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, wait, which one are we talking about now? Uh, Benel Darouche and Diego Fiera, the two jiu-jitsu guys. Oh, that was that was an insane fight. That was an, uh, just an excellent fight. So uh, I feel, number one, they were very, very equally matched. And the, the, the result of that match, um, wait, wait, I'm actually looking up here. I wanted to make sure my information was right. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the result, it actually could have gone, I feel, uh, like either way. I mean, it was definitely, it was a three round fight. It, you know, it was, it was touch and go all, all, the whole time, but I do feel that it was, it was to the point where uh, Darnoosh probably put a little bit more uh, of a beating on uh, Diego uh, definitely towards the end. So it was, it was, it was really touch and go. I feel it was a very, very close fight. And I feel that Darnoosh had more maybe power shots Um and I feel that in order to beat him, you you got you got to move, and you got to. Well, uh, I'm actually. Uh, I just feel that it could have been in order to take out Darnoosh, you had to make him get thrown around the cage. You can't allow him to throw you around the cage or bully you around the cage. I feel that with a fighter like that who's constantly coming. You got to move, move, take him down, beat him up, get him up, beat him up again. Like constantly change levels and take him down, beat him up, but then don't stay on the ground. And if you yeah. are going to be on the ground, you have to make sure that you got top position and you're moving and you're moving and you're moving. This is the type of guy where if you slow down, if you try and hold him, he's going to eventually get loose and he's going to just hunt you down. So I feel that Darnoosh did a little bit better. Uh, he was able to force his opponent into his game more and just keep the pressure, keep the pressure and hit him with big shots. I think that's what gave him the, yeah. I think that's yeah. what gave him the fight. 
Yeah. Now he's been the Rouge has been around for a while. Um, I think he's on how many fights? He's on a big win streak. He's this is one, two, three, four, five, six. This is his six fight win streak. And if you guys are interested, there's a YouTube video of him when he used to compete in jiu-jitsu tournaments against Kron Gracie. I'm trying to check the other guy's record because the other guy, I think he had, he, he had, Friera had one, two, three, four, five, six wins, and then he lost. So they were both on a 5 one win streak. But getting back to uh, Roosh, he had it, he has it, there's a fight on YouTube with him and Kron Gracie in his jiu-jitsu match at the Abu Dhabi Pro Jiu-Jitsu Tournament. I don't know if it was the trials, the, the win to go over to Abu Dhabi. When he was a brown belt, and I think Kron just got his black belt, or he was a black belt for a while, and he actually gave Kron a very hard time. So I remember the first time I saw him in the UFC, I knew I already knew that he had good jiu-jitsu skills. But what's, what's really – has improved on him is his hands because he's been knocking people out too. Um, like prior to this fight, I think he won. Uh, how many did he win by knockout? He won by knockout two, two. The last two fights before this one, he won by TKO, and then his two fights before that by submission. So he's on a good. He's on a good roll now. We'll see if he gets you know moves up the ladder. I don't recall what his rank is, but he's he's definitely up there. And um, was that fight? And that fight, yeah, that was a lightweight fight, man. I'm telling you, that lightweight division is getting stacked. I mean, we were just talking about Portier and Connor and uh, some other guys last week in that division, trying to figure out who should go for the title. But he's getting up there, man. It's definitely he's definitely uh, improved, especially with his hands. Then after that. I think there was a pretty uh, even fight between Alexandre Pondage uh, and Manuel Kipi. That was the fight right after that. I mean, what did you think of that one? That was like an animus decision win. Uh, Alexander won. There was there was a couple of uh, insane fights. Um, I actually let me go let me go uh, back to uh, the actual. I want to go back to the to the rankings page that I had it before. So, yes. So that fight, now, Mark. Actually, uh, what what round was it in that it was actually finished? It was in. Uh, I think it went. I went. I think it, it went the whole five rounds. If I'm not I mistaken, looking, there was a there was a couple of times where I thought it was going to end, and what happened was uh, you got uh, Pantoja and, and 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 Cap. Right, we're talking about that yeah. fight. All right. Yeah. So. They went all three rounds. Right. So what happened was at first, I feel that it started off slow. Where well, not slow, meaning I feel that uh Cap started off slow, where he was mostly uh playing defensive and trying to counter, trying to counter, trying to counter. And I feel yeah. that absolutely one thing, uh two things that he had on uh Pantoja was speed and uh well actually he had a couple things: speed, I think boxing ability, uh power. But I just feel that he should have started uh, earlier. They gave it to Pantoja. I feel that it probably could have gone the other way if Cap started off early. If he stopped 
you know, staying, staying away and trying to catch him with a big shot or, or a strong, you know, hook or, um, reverse punch. So uh, unfortunately I would, I would actually like to see these two fight again. And I would like to see cap start early. That's what, uh, that's where I feel it was a little bit disappointing on caps end. he should have started early and don't allow the fighter to fight his fight. I feel he should have started early. Yeah. And then right after that, we had uh, Clay Guida and Michael Johnson. That, yeah, and, and, and these guys, I think, I, I, I'd have to check the stats, but I think they were, this was like a do-or-die fight for these guys. Because um, Clay Guida, I think, had a couple losses. Johnson's been losing. So I think, I think this is the fight that's going to decide. Uh, who's who? Who stays? Who goes? Because let me check right now. Clay Duita, uh Yeah, he was. He had um, a two-fight loss streak. And Johnson. These guys have been around for a while too. He was on a three-fight uh, losing streak. And obviously, he lost this one with Clay Guida. But I mean, Clay Guida, like. And I was shocked, like, you know, he took it to him. <laughs> There's only so much you can say. I mean, he won by an honest decision, but he, he totally dominated Johnson. I thought that he uh, – oh, no, he didn't. He didn't choke him out. He just – he was able to – came close. He right. came close towards the end there. Yeah. That I, I was wrong about this fight. I honestly thought that that Michael Johnson, everything I've seen from him – I thought that he was going to be able to take him, but I guess Clay Guida says, you know, you're not going to, you know, this, like, like you said, it was a do or die situation. And Guida just said, I got to go in there guns blazing and I got to get this done. And I think he was a little bit too much. Uh, he was moving around a little bit too much where uh, Michael Johnson had a tough time tagging him and, you know, throwing those power shots that, you know, Johnson has, I feel that he's got power. But he just he couldn't he couldn't touch him enough. Uh, yeah. He, Clay Guida was was fast, re relentless, and he, I guess, tired. It also looked like Michael Johnson got tired. He got hit with a couple of big shots. Yeah. But he got tired, and that, that's the thing with Clay Guida. If if you don't have good cardio, he's gonna out cardio. I mean, that guy. I mean, he's getting up there in age, and he still bounces up and down. You know. Like we were talking about, there were a few fighters that I thought were good, but I just couldn't stand watching the fight because I was getting dizzy. I would get dizzy watching it. It would be him, Dominic Cruz, and Frankie Egger. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 they just move around too much. Like, you know, little like beep-bops, you know? <laughs> he's one of them. But, I mean, he's, he's had some good fights in his career. Clay And, you know, Clay Guida, I mean, if, if you're not – up to cardio shape, you're done. I mean, and he, he has the – I think he – I think Clay Guida, like if they had six-round fights or seven-round uh, MMA fights, I think he can easily do six, seven rounds. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fighters that are like that. They, uh, the way that fighters train now, they train for a, tra a championship uh, bout where they want to have in the fifth round – the same energy that they had in the first round. So a true champion 
is someone that will train that way to make sure that they are prepared for a war, a five round war. I mean, after yeah. five rounds of moving constantly, attacking, cu cutting off the ring and getting in there and constantly being in someone's face, that's what you have to prepare for in order to be an elite fighter now. I think that that's what and yeah. I think a lot of fighters do uh, do. But I got to give it to Clay Guida. He was able to be relentless. He was able to avoid getting hit with too many shots. And I think that, you know, I like Johnson. Uh, he's, he's a good fighter, but I think that he, he might not, he might've underestimated Clay Guida a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, he got, he wasn't able to, uh, to perform the way he should have. He wasn't able to, uh, to stay away. He wasn't able to maybe use an uppercut or certain knees or uh, something to keep Clay, uh, Clay Guida away from him and to hit him with big shots to slow him down and take him out. Uh, not many have taken Clay Guida out. I don't know if you have the stats there. How many times has Clay Yeah, I think he got knocked out, I think, once. I remember, I remember during the fight they were showing a uh... – uh, a recap. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I wonder who knocked it. I forgot. I thought it was Anthony Pettis, but I'm like, maybe it's uh, not. Poirier. Oh, Poirier knocked him out. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Brian Ortega. Oh. Uh, uh, with a flying knee. Ortega with a flying knee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. And then he fought. I mean, he's been around. He lost to submission to Charles Oliveira, which is one of the guys we were talking about last time. And he beat BJ Penn. Then he lost to Jim Miller by technical uh, submission. Then he lost to Bobby Green, and then he beat Michael Johnson. But the knockout was Brian Ortega. That's another guy. Wait, if, he, if he gets his act together and comes back strong. I mean, that, that division is just so stacked, you know. It, it really is. Uh, I don't know why they focus so much on the, on the heavyweight and the uh, light heavyweight. I guess that's just a traditional thing. Guys just like to see big guys go at it and get knocked out. But, I mean, that lightweight division is just so exciting to watch. I mean, the band and weight, they're like little mice, you know, whatever that 125. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> little, little midgets running around. No, the 155, you know. It'd be I like that. Awesome. Awesome. Getting beat up by a midget. But uh, <laughs> they're little midgets. They're tough little midgets, but they're midgets. I prefer, you know, the light the, the lightest I, I really like is the 155. Obviously, I like the Walt weight and the metal weight divisions too. But but then we got the, the we had the man event here. Oh, actually before that. Oh yeah. yeah. So I forgot about it. Well Corey well, Sanhagen. Defeating Edgar. Frankie Edgar. Now, now we were just talking about Frankie. This is my thing. This is what I wanted to say about Frankie. And, I, and, I, and he was number two going into this fight, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was he ranked was, number two. He was up there, but this is my thing. Uh, Frankie Edgar has been around for a while. Um, oh, yeah. Similar to Michael Johnson and Clay Guida. And what happens is, even though that Frankie Edgar is an awesome fighter and just a really, really nice guy, I feel that he 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 would not have been able to make it to uh, or be the champion, and I feel that he's been hit a lot, 
And once you get hit a lot or knocked out enough, that takes away that ability to withstand pain and withstand damage. So I feel that even though it was a very well-placed knee that knocked him out, I feel that... Well, he's definitely damaged after that knee. That, I don't think he's going to recover from that. Yeah, but but more, here's the thing. Is it really him going down or is Corey that much better? Right? Uh, well, in my, in my opinion, an answer this. How many times have you seen Frankie Edgar either get knocked out or get knocked down by a, a really damaging blow and then weather a storm? It's been often. It's been for years. Yeah, I don't think he's been knocked out a lot, but he's been in some wars, dude. He's been in a lot of, unlike the other fighters in, the, in this right. division, he's been in a lot of championship fights. Like he, he went off, uh, I think when he lost his belt, he went off and then he went he went up a weight class. I think he was in the 145 division before this, right? And he went up. But my, and my, they immediately my, shot him to the title shot. But and what, then he had those wars with BJ Penn. Right, but what I'm getting at is this. Would he, if he had not sustained any of that damage, would he have been able to possibly weather that knee? Now, some people say, yeah. Some people say, no, it was so well-placed. It doesn't matter if he came in there, you know, untouched his whole life. You know, that would have knocked out anybody. And maybe so. But we've seen some guys where they get hit with a big knee and they're able to weather that. Or they get hit with a with a big kick or a big punch. And I think that when you're around, around a while, you're going to be a little bit slower, a little bit less able to withstand damage. And I think that at this point, Frankie Edgar really should retire. I really do. Yeah. Now here's, here's some interesting stats. Two fights before this, he got TKO'd by Cheng Sung Jung. All right, and then one, two, three, four fights before that, he got TKO'd. Oh no, he won by TKO. Uh, I'm trying to see. That was the other TKO. So he was TKO'd a few fights before. I'm trying to see if he got TKO'd. So he's only been TKO'd in his career. But my point is, he's been a lot of his fights and later part of his career were championship fights, right against high caliber guys. But what I like, what I find funny is when you watch that replay, you're like wondering, like, how is it he did not see that knee come at him? But you don't know unless you're in there. I mean, it had to be so explosive. This did not see a, a jumping knee come at you. I remember one time I would like when I, I used to tie box a little, and, you know, we would like move around slow, and there was a guy trying that on me. And I was actually surprised. You would think. I mean, he didn't hit me in the knee, in the knee, me in the head, but he, he attempted to, like, you know, knee me in the chest where it would have jumped me. But you would think that you would see that, right, because it's such a, a big movement. But that guy just has to be so explosive. And for those who don't know, when you film, when you watch stuff on film, it's actually slower than, yes. than you're actually there. Um, but – I, I was impressed with this kid. And I, to be honest, he's another guy that, like, I've maybe seen him once or twice, but I never really gave much notice to him. That's why I was, like, shocked when he went in there and he had, they had him ranked at, at number two. I'm like, wow. So now, I mean, that's another guy. Well, right? I mean, pretty, what, what was that for, 145? Well, it was, it was 130. 
that was the 135 yeah so now but when you look look at 45 okay look at Corey sanhagen and look to see who he lost against all right so take a look at his at his stats now obviously he won against edgar but before that he won against jermaine sterling who's number one that's the guy who's ranked number one right that's the guy the title He's fighting for the title, I think. I know, and, and I, I don't remember you. who he's fighting. I forget who, but well, if we if oh, we, um, that guy from overseas, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, yeah, that's who he's fighting. Yes, I forget how how it's an easy pronunciation, but I forget how to. I, I just forget who it is, and that and and I, you know, Sterling is a fantastic fighter, man. I, I he's very exciting to watch. He's got good wrestling, good stand up. And since he trains with Sarah, his jiu-jitsu is, is is very good as well. I mean, he he he's good. He's got what I call wrestler jiu-jitsu, where they're not may not be high level jiu-jitsu guys, but the wrestling is just so good they don't need to know that much to put good jiu-jitsu guys away. I mean, he I, if I'm not mistaken, he had one fight where he took the guy's back and he went for a knee bar. The guy tried to shake him off, and he grabbed the knee. He grabbed the leg, and the, the guy had no choice but go to the ground, and he hyperextended the guy's knee. I mean, he, you know. So whenever that fight is, I don't know when that's scheduled. Well, I'm definitely watching that fight. Um, but we'll see. I mean, i like to see him go, go against this kid too. But, you know, there's just so many good fights out there, right, you know? And now we got the main we got the main event Overeem. Yes. yes. I was I was disappointed with that fight. Now, now I know you're disappointed, but let me give you a little a little history. The reason and I'll give you my my thoughts as to why I was disappointed. Volkov, I know him from Bellator. And he never won the world belt, but I think he I know he made it to the finals in their tournament, I think maybe once or twice, if I'm not mistaken. But the reason I was disappointed in this fight is because Overeem, despite I would have thought he would have had a superior um, striking advantage, considering his credentials, I was very shocked that he didn't attempt to take down because he's got very – he doesn't have the double legs or single legs or the judo throws. But he's very good at, you know, to trips where he gets in the clinch and he just sticks his leg behind you and trips you down, you know. And then, and, and then he, you know, he's got like basic submission skills when he gets on top of you. I mean, he's got a couple submission wins. I was very surprised knowing that, that how big, how, you know, the guy's got a lot of long reach against him that he didn't, he didn't try to close that gap, right? Because when you're fighting a guy that's longer than you, you want to, you got two, you know, You one of the best ways to solve that if the guy's got a long reach is to be really close to him, you know, and, and like the, uh, the the mid-range or the grappling range. That's where, you know, some wrestling and, and submission fighters and jiu-jitsu guys have that advantage because they can't get that reach out of him. You know, they can't extend. Mark, so I was very surprised he didn't pull that off. Well, Mark, relating to what you were saying about Dealing with a guy that has, first of all, a big punch and has a long reach, it brings me back to Kotor 
Kotor versus uh, forget who, who was that giant guy? He was like Silva from Pat Miletich camp. Yeah, like when he won the belt back at the age of like forty-three that, or something. Remember the way he fought him? He was constantly moving his head, and then he would come around as the guy would jab. Clinched him. It, it he got within within the distance that he needed to. Yeah, he would you know he would the guy would throw the uh, uh, Silva would throw the punch. And he'd slip it and come around on the inside. Yeah, I, I just think that he trained. Probably learned that from Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Could be, yeah. yeah. That punch, because that's a Chuck Liddell that like was real known for that punch. For, but for, he was he for, was the master of the range. That's why he won that fight. Because when you fight a guy that's a lot bigger than you, you want to be within his in that mid range or really close on top of him. You know, that clinch. For boxers. That's why boxers. I feel. That if you can take uh, a guy who is MMA and if you can train him really good and being able to slip the jab and get in, that's I mean that's yeah. a that's a Tyson, you know. Yeah, but they can't really slip. They can't really slip uh, the way that boxers did because you got the, the threat of kicks and knees. Um, so they have. I mean, I'm not an MMA fighter. Like from you know, I've got experience with high boxing and jiu-jitsu and regular boxing in my younger days, but. They can't slip the same way because of the distance and the weapons involved with MMA. So, I, I mean, you do see guys slipping, but that's when the guy's in that mid-range, right? Like when they're up against the ropes. Well, I'm sure They're not going to slip it when there's a little distance so they can get the kicks in. I'm sure from your college years, that is a little bit more of a realistic setting. So I'm sure that you understand about watch out, you know, if someone's gonna throw a punch, I'm sure that plenty of times you've slipped, and then yes, yes, and, it, and then it's all over because you know what to do after that. Yeah. So, but it was, that, it was it was trained against untrained guys back then. But <laughs> well, yeah, some live sparring. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so to to continue with talking about how what I expected Overeem to do is to be a little bit more of a harder target to hit. I feel that Volkov did fantastic. He stuck to his game plan, and he's the type of guy where he hits you with anything, you're going to feel it. He's just too large and too strong, and he does throw a good punch, and his hands are probably the size of grapefruits. So, you know, if, if he hits you, Big hands. you know, all he's got to do is put his fist out there, and he's going to hit something. So I, I just think that uh, – that, you know, great job to the champion, but Overeem, I felt, could have moved his head more. Don't stay on the outside with this guy. You stay on the outside with this guy, and that's what he wants. He's going to touch it. He's going to touch it. So he should have slipped more, tried to get in. And like you said, Mark, why didn't he take him down more? Why didn't he, yeah. you know, like you said, he has skills, and, but that guy is gigantic. Now, yeah. you don't have to do a double leg. You could slip. You can do some trips. You can... You know, try and you know pull some calf kicks off. You know, slow him down, get him, you know, get him hurt. You know, on his feet. You know, get him where it's going to be easier to take him down. I just feel that Overeem could have done more. Yeah. Now here, here's the interesting thing, and then you know, then we'll call it a, a day. Uh, you know that John Jones is now in this division, right? Yeah. Now, I just, I mean, I. This is, I mean, there's a lot of guys, I, I don't know. We're just going to have to see how, how he does. I mean, 
But if he does win this division, dude, I mean, I think he's the greatest in his weight class, you know, probably of all time because of it, you know, no one's really been able to put him away or anything. But just think, he's pretty, I thought, always thought that he was pretty big for a light heavyweight division. But these guys, man, and heavyweight, just look at this guy that Overeem just lost to. I mean, that's a beast. And then you got the, the Black Beast, which I think he would beat because Beast is still still new to the game. He's got to get in better shape, and he just doesn't have the technique yet. But then you got what's that other guy? Ruddick, Ruddick, uh, Razor. He got he knocked. Got, out. He got knocked yeah. out. He got knocked out. And who knocked out? Ningano. That's the guy. But there's two guys. There's there's actually just three guys that I'm thinking of: the Black oh. Beast. Gano and there's some other guy. Well, the Black Beast is going up against um, uh, what's his name? Who, who's he going up against? I'm trying to think right now. The other the other fights. Um, let me take a look here at the other fights. The Black Beast is going up against Blades. He is That's another guy. Yeah, he's That's an another guy. I mean, he's got and he's got great wrestling. So uh, Blades. He's got great, and I think that that would be the smart fight for Blades to take down the Black Beast because they're both uh, powerful guys, but I think that uh, Blades is going to take it. If the Black Beast wins, he's going to win on the feet. If Blades wins, he's going to Then you got Walt Harris, who I think uh, will – I mean, you get, there's just so many guys in that division, dude. There's another guy that I'm missing that – that I'm missing. I mean, other than the older guys like Dos Santos and uh, Mike Mark Hunt. I mean, John Jones is going to have – we're going to see. We're going to see, but it's going to be interesting when he gets in there, though, man. I don't know. But you never know. I mean, he's got that cha- – he's ready to champion. you got that champion mindset. He's just got to bulk up a little bit and go to work, man. Well, listen, Mark, just to leave off, I think our next podcast or your next podcast is going to be on uh, the Usman and Burns fight. So you got Usman and Burns. You also got uh, Kevin uh, Gastelum and Ian, uh, I forget how to say his last name, uh, Heinz, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other good fights there, but we, but I'm sure that you'll make time to to recap on some of these yeah yeah i gotta i was debating if i should watch that one but i know i'll probably end up will watching it yeah we gotta see we'll see if burns takes that but supposedly uzman's on i think he is tied or he broke saint pierre's record for uh i think the most wins of the champion so i will see we'll see what happens but Mark, I Pierre, I think that I honestly do think that Usman is going to probably take Burns, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a really great fight. And I think that if he does win, I feel that Saint Pierre should come back and battle him for the. Uh, well, there's talk. There's talks about him fighting Khabib. I think I think think Saint Pierre is just going to be doing super fights. Yeah, I think that, no, which is smart. He makes more money that way. I don't. I wouldn't like him because I like. Khabib and then like St. Pierre. I would rather St. Pierre fight Usman. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. 
And I think well, anyway, guys, wait better. But anyway, let me let you finish up. Anyway, guys, that's it for this week's show. Check us out next weekend. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. And don't forget to check out my uh, regular podcast that comes out every Sunday. You can listen to it on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify. Check out the After Shark MMA Show YouTube channel. And if you're interested in getting interviewed on this show, hit me up on Facebook. Look for the Mark the Shark MMA Show on Facebook. Also, Twitter is Mark BJJ Fighter. And it's Mark with a C, not a K. And then the Mark underscore Retorto 2 on Instagram. All right, everybody. Stay safe. And it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast. And you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes. Hey guys, just want to let everybody know that if you're looking for a good suspense thriller action novel, check out the book written by me, Mark the Shark, called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. If you go to my website now, Books, you can get an autographed signed copy for only $8 plus shipping. Again, go to www.retortofamilybooks.com. Marcus Sander was a normal family man till he was captured by the Nazis, imprisoned and tortured. His only means of survival was to become a vampire. Now his only fear is on how to keep his daughter safe, but not only from the Nazis, but from the creatures of the Dark World. Marcus the Vampire, the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series, now available at www retortofamilybooks.com and on amazon.com get it now hi everyone this is Mark the Shark Retorto sending a message to all the fans out there if you enjoyed this podcast please help support it by making a small donation it could be anywhere from a dollar $4.99 or $9.99 it could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.marktheshark.mmashow.com. Again, that's www.marktheshark.mmashow.com. All right, guys. You can keep up to date. And see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And that's on Twitter at Mark BJJ Fighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And of course on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto. That's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto. R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. This is to all you parents out there. Are you looking for a great book for your child to read? Well, look no further. Christina Retorto has done it again by putting out a sequel to her first book in the Invisible Girl series. The sequel is called A Little Bit Louder. Get it now at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com 
or retortofamilybooks.com. Again, the book is called A Little Bit Louder, written by Christina Retorto. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And it's Mark with a C, not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in the mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.